Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast, uh, here again with Ryan Pudick, tackling the uh, series top 10 ways to increase the value and enjoyment of your farm. Last week was brush removal and park area. This week is similar. Um, it's just done in a different manner sometimes. So um, we'll address it separately and people do it for a different reason. So that's why we kind of broke those up. Uh, so this week we're going to be talking about invasive species removal. I'll admit, and Ryan will, will maybe too, that this is fairly like a new phenomenon here in the last eight, 10 years. So we are sort of learning this as we go. We've learned what doesn't work. We know what does work a little bit, but it is new. And so I'm not familiar, I don't think any of us are, with all of the invasive, invasive species. For the most part, what we deal with is what? Honeysuckle, Russian olive? Russian olive, yeah. So a lot um, of olive, Russian olive. Honeysuckle. Yep. And there, if you've never seen it, Google it. It's kind of like a, it's just a big bush, like a little thin branchy bush. And that gets, can be, I don't know, I've seen some as 10, 15, 20 foot tall. Oh, they can get, and yeah. just as wide and as just they as are wide, tall. if not, and nothing grows underneath them. Yep. So uh, I don't know the story on how they got here. I'm sure you could look it up. I never have. I don't really know where they came from. I know, I know that part of it was started from the Department of Transportation, and they used to use it on roadsides oh, really? for erosion control. And okay. That's where, that's where the original, I believe, Russian olive or autumn olive started. Because the root, started. System, the root system in it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they do spread like crazy, so it makes sense to use it. But that's what it is. Also say that most people say that there is no wildlife value to it. It's invasive. There's no um, nutritional value, which is probably true, but it does. They're thick. I mean, I've seen farms that are nothing but Russian olive. And well, remember, remember Stone Fort? Oh, you could, all this. It, 400 acres and you couldn't walk it. But it holds deer. Like you couldn't believe. Yeah. Like, again, I'm not a huge deer guy, so I kind of like break it down the way I see it. And in my mind, a deer is an oversized rabbit. <laughs> Grant Wood used to say that. Yeah. They like to be tucked away and stuff where you can't see them. And so those those patches, like if you had a sanctuary on a farm, would you be worried about them there? No, because nobody they, could get to them. Nobody could get to them and the deer sort of like the cover. But in general, they're bad, don't provide much value here. You could find other and better ways to have cover. Uh, but very similar to like a CREP farm with a bunch of bushes and small trees, deer living there thick, but uh, they're invasive, you want to get rid of them. So that is kind of what they are, um, why you do it. They're just, there's no value. They're not supposed to be here. There's no nutritional value. There's no value. There's just no value to they, them. And they take over. They, they will literally choke out an area. And fast. And fast. So uh, they, they do seem to be, Ryan talked about this a little on the last episode, but they do, do seem to be like more regional, different spots. Um, all around Oak Run and Knox County, it is like the 
Russian olive capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you get down to Fulton, there's parts of it, but you know, you look at a farm in Knox County, and I don't think I've seen a farm in Knox County in the past three years that doesn't have them. Yeah, it's like our farms are eight, ten miles away. We don't have them, but then I'm I'm sitting here right now, and you and your neighbors they're everywhere are all over the place. They're everywhere. So uh, that's why you would do it. Again, very similar to the brush removal. There is a benefit just to getting them out and clearing a spot open. I just did it here on my farm. We have an area that we call the boat graveyard. I was lucky enough to buy this farm, and the old owner didn't get everything out. So there was – how many boats do you think were back oh, there? Oh, jeez. 10? 10, 12? 12. Yeah. And so he never touched that area or mowed it. So it literally grew up into like a one- to two-acre patch of nothing but honeysuckle, Russian olive, whatever it was. And so um, we removed it. I've got a giant pile with boats in it. Um, it's actually pretty comical. But, yeah, where we are at here, they're everywhere. I mean, I'm looking out on the lake, and if I don't maintain my lake, like the shore of it, um, there are spots that I didn't – That when do you think we cut some of that stuff that they're back? A couple years ago? Yeah, two years ago. And they're back, like, better than ever. So yeah. um, you do it because they don't want really – Again, they don't provide anything for I mean, the you can part. cut them and, and whatever, but the biggest thing is a lot of times, not a lot of times, pretty much every time, is they'll come back and you've got to spray them. Yeah. Um, you've got to go back and spray them with a, a brush killer um, such as like, well, even a, a depends. Some of them will, a heavy dose of Roundup will kill them. Yeah. Um, we were using like a gallon per tree back in the Knox yeah, County days. Yeah, but it, you want to do, you know, like a Tordon or – uh, there's there's a couple different chemicals out there that that'll kill them once you once you cut them, but you've got to cut you got to spray that stump right after. Not it doesn't have to happen right after, but before springtime. Yeah, and so we touched on this, but just to make sure, stress this point. One reason on why you do it, not only to open it up, but if you don't do it and ignore it, a quarter acre patch of Russian olive will become a half acre, will become an acre. So if you ignore it, it spreads like crazy. So uh, when you see them developing them, you need to get on it like fairly quick if you don't want to have them. Yeah. So that would be the uh, reasons for why, when, I mean, depending on, we're bouncing back and forth. The last question we tackle is, is how. There's different ways to do it. And depending on which way you do it is when. Because like you can, the last episode was park areas. You can get in there and shred them. But if you don't do anything from there on out, it only makes them thicker. Yeah, it'll come back thicker. That's why you need to spray. So, but if you if you did it in a park area and got all that mulch and then planted some clover and consistently mowed it, like now yeah. you were maintaining it, then right. fine. But if you're doing it, say, on a field edge or something along those, or or maybe it's because you already have, we had a client that we had to do this for, already had CRP, a CRP contract, but they had not continued with the upkeep of their contract. And so they had some invasive species coming into that CRP that we had to go. Yeah, they wouldn't let them renew it. Right, until, until were, that was gone. So we had to go in and remove all of that. Um where they're not going to continue to mow it, so that it was going to come back twice as thick. So we had to spray those. Yes. To kill them. Yeah. So um, 
but if you were doing it differently, you could do it different times of the year. Like I know um, there's a bobcat attachment now that will literally like clamp, scissor down on the tree and pull it, pull out. it all out. The root system and all. The roots and all. Because they're, they're very shallow rooted yeah. plant or so, bush. So in that situation, we haven't got into too much of that, but I assume that you could do that anytime you want. It would probably make more sense to do it when there's no leaves on the tree, so you're not digging up your you know, equipment as much as you can, but as long as you can get into there and right. get as the long as there's not to frost it. in the ground, yeah. uh, you know, you can do it that way. You know, another way, which uh, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with, but I have a neighbor who is having all, his entire farm, which is f- over 400 acres, sprayed from the air to kill all of his, and right. then once it's all killed, they want us to come in and cut them all down, clear them. Okay. Um, I'm not very familiar with that. Yeah, there's a company that, to see how that there's works. a company. But the problem with that is, is that you, you're taking the the risk of basically killing everything except for the mature trees. Yeah, um, that's his. That was what he told me it was his biggest concern. But he he was he. As far as I know, this fall he went ahead and did that. Okay. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see how that turns out. So, anyways, in terms of when, doesn't matter. You can do it anytime. Do it anytime. Um, where? Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, this is a little different. It's not like we're talking about wetlands or something that only works in certain areas of a farm. These these babies uh, can grow anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, if you've got a small body of water on your on your property, for instance, and you got it's surrounded by cattails and you can't utilize it. It's a, the same type of principle. Once you get one cattail, all of a sudden, yeah. as soon as soon as they start pollinating and throwing that seed on the ground or in that water, it's going to get cattails all the way around it. Same, same, scenario. same. Yep, same idea. So again, they grow anywhere. Like I'm looking out here at my lake, and there's some six inches from the lake. We've seen them at the top of a ridge in a timber patch. So they will grow anywhere. Um, I will say, sort of a tangent, but um, if you do have them by the lake, one method of getting rid of them instead of mulching them is to literally chainsaw them, spray them so they don't grow back, mm-hmm. but uh, get about 20 or 30 of those babies and, and tie them all together. Tie them all together and sink them for a brush pile. Sink them, and they make a great brush pile. Mm-hmm. They last forever. Uh, so just to FYI, I have not done it here, but I probably should. Um, so that was off on a tangent, but where is anywhere, how we've we've gone over most of that stuff. There's a ton of different ways to do it, but it all depends on your specific farm, your goals, where they're growing, things like that. So uh, anything we need to add to that one? Those are That's a pretty straightforward. Pretty uh, easy. Pretty easy. If you have them, get rid of them. And again, it depends on what you want to accomplish and where they're at as to what we would recommend to do it. Um, we have all the stuff. We could certainly help you get rid of those. If you have the tools yourself, it is something, or your farmer does, uh, and you can save a few bucks by doing it that way, then by all means do it. But it is something that you should address like as soon as you see it developing because they will spread like wildfire. So um, that will wrap it up for this episode, episode nine of the series, Top 10 Ways to Increase the Value and Enjoyment of Your Farm. Next week, we will be back at you with the last one, which is uh, not say it's 
it's a little more broad concept, but it's one that a lot of investors or landowners miss, and that is literally just general maintenance. So we are gonna go through what that looks like on farms that you own to either resell short-term or long-term, but it is as important as any of these that we've talked about, so we thought it deserved its own episode. So next week we will be talking about maintenance, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll be back at you next week with the last episode of this series. Thanks for listening.